Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. So good to have everybody here today. Uh, what a special Sunday. Uh, excited what God is doing. We really are in a move of God. Uh, this is, it's, it's been, again, unprecedented. Our uh, bank that loaned us the money said we've never, out of 1,300 loans, We've never seen uh, any church like yours explode, uh, especially in California. And uh, the 1,000 churches that have been planted in the organization that sent us, they started 100 churches in California. They said, we've never seen one church that we've started in California do what your church is doing. And uh, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just saying that to let you know this is, this is a move of God. God is building his church in Orange County. He's doing it. Amen. So I'm excited. I'm fired up. People are asking us on Friday night, what, what's it feel like, Mark? I'm like, I feel like I got front row seats to God doing his best work. Rashawn and I are so pumped, and uh, what a great what a great day. It's going to be a good day. So excited. Um, well, hey, if you're brand new today, my name is Mark. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I want you to know, if you don't, you don't like church normally, our prayer would be is that you would love Ocean's Church. We want to be a church that even people that normally don't, don't like church would love to go to. I believe if non-believers love your church, I believe believers will really love it. And so uh, if you don't believe in God, you're in the right place. We love people that don't think like us, talk like us, look like us. And I believe that God is so good, he'll meet you where you are, and he'll, he'll, he'll lead you. And uh, today, his presence is in these tents. You've already felt him. Uh, I want to just, I, I prayed during the week, uh, you know, a little bit. I'm a pastor. I kind of get paid to do that. Uh, but God was telling me this week that uh, there's some of you that um, you came today, and you were really worried about leaving the tents the same way that you showed up. And he wanted me to let you know that you're going to leave differently today. It's going to be a very special Sunday. Um, I felt the burden this week for some of you that you're in a sticky situation. It's dirty. It's muddy. There's calamity. And he wanted me to let you know that he's going to deliver you from those that hate you. Um, I don't know who you are, but I just wanted to, before I get started today, just let you know what God told me to tell you, that he's going to, he's going to deliver you out of the deep waters. The floods are not going to go over your head. They're not going to swallow you up. And God's not going to allow the pit to shut its mouth on you. He's going to lead you out of that place. If you believe that he can do it, would you say amen? Um, last couple of things he wanted me to say before I get rolling today is he said that he's drawing some of you, uh, he's, he's drawing some of you near um, and your soul, he's going to actually begin to redeem. Today's the beginning. You're full of heaviness. Some of you are full of sickness. But I want you to know, God told me like you have pity on your kids when they're sick. God has even more pity. Great parents would say any day, I would rather be sick to see my little kids sick. And that, listen to me, God feels the same way. And he's going to touch your body today. Physically, some of you are going to be healed in this atmosphere. Some of you watching online, you're going to be, are you hearing me today? God, God, I came to have an encounter with Jesus today. And uh, this is just the last couple things. There's a couple of you grieved in your mind. Some of you are vexed in your heart. You've been having panic attacks, night terrors. And I almost felt like the news anchor that God just said, announce to them that starting today, that season ends. It's a new season of God dreams, God vision, and God peace coming. In Jesus' name, if you receive it, just say amen. All right. Well, that's just a little bit out of the, out of the gate here. I'm so pumped. Uh, hey, my parents are here today. Uh, my mom and my stepdad, Ryan, are here. Always good having my mom here. I know even if a message isn't good, she's going to say Amen. She's going to tell me how wonderful I am. So if you don't have my back, my mom does. So we're going to have a good time today. Um, but if you have your Bible today, we're in a series called uh, Build. Say it with me, Build. 
Anybody feel like God's been building you up in this series? We've talked about how God builds people. We've talked about how God builds not only people, but those, those people build places. And when you build places with God, those places will build purpose. And when you discover your purpose last week, we talked about this, you'll begin to build with power. And today I want to talk to you about power. Is that all right? And uh, before you get, uh, I want to just be honest with you out of the gate, I'm going to talk to you about the power source of life in his name is the Holy Spirit. Ooh. It's always fun to say that. I love it because the Pentecostal people get excited. The ultra-Baptists get nervous. But I want you to know you don't have to be scared today because we will never be scared of anything that Jesus was not scared of. We'll actually never be embarrassed about anything that the early apostles were not embarrassed of. As far as I can tell, there was unity in the early church fathers and mothers that everybody loved the Holy Ghost. Some translations say Holy Ghost. Others say Holy Spirit. Well, that sounds a little bit wild, Mark. Well, don't be scared. And by the way, if you get weirded out today, you're weird. I'm not. And uh, there are people that are full of the Holy Spirit that are 100% weird, but they were fully weird without the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? One of our mandates when God told us to come here is he said, Mark, in the body of Christ, there are churches that celebrate my wisdom but disregard my power. And there's other churches that honor my power but disregard my wisdom. The ministry of Jesus honored both. He was full wisdom. He was full power. Who believes that's what the world needs today? If you're watching online, I'd say 47% believes it. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Thanks, Mom. Um, if you got your Bible, Mark chapter 1 is where I'm going to go today. Uh, scholars all agree that this is the best name book of the Bible. And uh, it's my name. Uh, it's a joke. Is it okay to have a sense of humor? Some of you tell your face it's okay to have a sense of humor. All right, thank you. Uh, we're going to have a good time today. Uh, I'm going to read uh, eight verses out of Mark chapter 1. I'm going to talk to you today about the Holy Spirit. And my, my, my title today is very simple. Build with power. Build with power. Everybody's building. People are building all over the place. We're building new homes in Rancho Mission Viejo. When we moved here, South Orange County was the fastest growing part of the state. Uh, they're building 15,000 homes in, in Rancho Mission Viejo alone. And uh, buildings going on all over the place. People are building families. They're building businesses. They're building in enterprises. They're, they're building technology. We, we have a world that is building. But I believe that you can build and burn out because if you don't build with power, you will burn out. I want to talk to you today and do my very best that I can to describe who the Holy Spirit is to me. I would say that even if you don't honor the Holy Spirit, maybe you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, seems to be there's a lot of unity about the Father, that he is good. Chris Tomlin told us that. It's a Christian joke. Uh, we know that, that Jesus, everybody knows that Jesus came. Whether you believe in him or not, everybody knows Jesus Christ. It's the only name on the world that atheists use to cuss. You know why? Because they feel the power in his name. So, we know Jesus, we know the Father, but many people shy away from the Holy Spirit. I would say that most people like John the Baptist ended with water baptism. But I want you to know that John, as we're going to read today, he declared as the greatest Baptist in the history of the world that there would be a baptism after his that would be as important or if not more important than his that would, all, that would be from Jesus by the Spirit that would set a fire. 
And I want to talk to you about it today. This church is doing our very best to, to describe to Orange County that the Holy Spirit is not weird, that he is awesome, that he carries the wisdom of God, and he carries the power of God. Are you ready to go today? So uh, if you can hang in there today, I'm going to read eight verses. I'm reading about John the Baptist. John was the first spirit-filled person on the earth after a 400-year window of silence between your page 789 and, and 790, which is Malachi to Matthew. It is the 800-year or 400-year window of silence. And during that 400 years, there was no prophets, there was no prophecy, no one was fired up, people's, heads, people's pets' heads were falling off. That was a joke. But listen to me, it was a very, they called it the quiet era. And there was no spirit of God moving in the earth. And out of nowhere, the last of his kind, John the Baptist, the last spirit-filled man before Jesus came into the world as a spirit-filled God came into the world, and he had a message that I believe is prophetic for us today. Are you ready to go? I'm going to talk to you today about building with power. If you're ready, say amen. Let's read eight verses. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Mark chapter 1, verse 1. The Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, the Bible says, I will send my messenger before your face, who will prepare. Say it with me, prepare. He will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness. The voice, not the echo, but the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Quick fun fact, in the ancient world, they didn't have paved roads. And before kings went on road trips, they would send men to prepare the roads. They would cut down trees. They would move bushes. They would build bridge, bridges. They would fill holes. They would prepare the way. And we see here that John came baptizing in the wilderness. He prepared the world by a preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission or for the removal of the sins. Then notice this, some of the land. Say with me, all the land of Judea, all those from Jerusalem. If it was modern day, it would say all of Orange County. It says they went out to him. His ministry was so dynamic that, that he didn't go to the people. The people came to him. And they didn't come out in some air-conditioned building. They came out to the middle of the desert. And it says they went out to him by the Jordan to be baptized in the river and confessed their sins. You know that religion has left the building when people get honest about their darkness. You know revival is happening when human beings are calling sin, sin. Oh, it's getting quiet up in the Presbyterian church already. John came with the Spirit, and people became aware of their darkness. It says that now John was clothed with camel's hair. He had a Macklemore fur coat. He had a leather belt from Urban Outfitters. And he ate food from Whole Paycheck, or Whole Foods. Locust and wild honey. He preached saying, there comes one. What was John the Baptist's message? He said this, there comes one after me who is mightier than me. Whose sandal strap, whose tevas, I am not worthy to undo. I indeed baptize you with water. But he, he's talking about Jesus, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke documents, and with fire. Always freaks people out that don't know about him. But I'm telling you, it's good. Y'all ready to go? 
Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you would have your way today. Fill this place with your glory, with your spirit. You're always welcome here, Holy Spirit, especially today. In Jesus' name, if you love him, say amen. Come on, you love him, say amen. You know, it's funny, uh, it's a funny thing this week. Uh, my, uh, my little sister, she just moved down from Idaho. Kaylee's here. She moved down and she's living with us right now. So come on, praise God, I got a renter. And uh, she went and bought a dresser this week, and I actually helped her unload the dresser out of the car because I'm just a good human being. <laughs> Use this opportunity to be a humble bragger. Uh, now, I carried this heavy dresser with her. We pulled it out of the car, and I, I set it down, and, like, something kind of broke on it. And, and uh, it was my side. Yeah, it was my side. Uh, I kind of messed it up. You're welcome. Um, new dresser. And so uh, it kind of broke, and I'm not a fix-it. I'm, I'm not a fixer. I'm, a, uh, I'm not really good at anything except telling people about Jesus, if we're being honest. This doesn't work out. I'm in trouble. Um, but I'm not a handy person. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't wired that way. But when it broke, uh, my, my, steps, my, my, yeah, my, my half-sister, excuse me, has this, my stepdad, Ryan, her dad, is the handiest guy on the earth. So he was in Idaho uh, when we brought it into the house conveniently. Um, but when we got it into her room and it broke, she screamed, Dad! As though to say, you know, I wish she was here right now to fix this um, because I'm not a fixer. And I had this epiphany in that moment. I'm like, there's really only two types of people in the world. There are those that love tools too much. And there are those that do not care about tools at all. Can I get a witness in Orange County? You know, tool people, because you could buy them the same tool for Christmas and their birthday, the rest of their life, and they'll celebrate. And there's other people that if you ever bought them a tool, they would disown you. Like, you could be throwing a house party, a housewarming party in your garage, and if you brought me a tool, I would be offended. So I grew up, my stepdad, he's got a, a garage full of tools. He's got tape for every occasion. He's got duct tape, gorilla tape, zebra tape. You know what I'm talking about? I'm lucky if I got scotch tape. But he's got every tool you could ever think about. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, tools and how, how power tools, I, I grew up, you know, around it. So I just, as I bought a house, I'm like, I got to buy some power tools so that when my stepdad's in town, I feel like a man. <laughs> so I started buying a couple drills. And I noticed that when I put stuff together, you can get jobs done way faster when you have power tools. You really feel like a man when you have tools that are powered by wind. I saw in the store uh, a couple weeks ago a pneumatic drill. I'm like, that, that's cool. It that just sounds cool. What do you got in your hand, preacher? It's a pneumatic drill. I started thinking about this. People don't know. They ask me all the time. They say, Mark, I don't know. I, I, look, I, I love God, but I don't really understand the Holy Spirit. So I'd like to explain this to you today. You know, he's described in the Old Testament. He's described as the Ruach is the Hebrew word of God. Spirit is, is, it means ruach in the Hebrew language. It means breath. It means wind. It means a gust. Ruach says that in Genesis 1-2, the earth was out form and it was void. And the spirit, the ruach of God, hovered over the waters. It's interesting that when they realized they were naked and uh, they realized they disobeyed God in the garden, it says that they were walking in the cool of the day. The word cool there is the word ruach of the day. Interesting. So the, the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, God the Spirit is referred to as the breath or the wind. The New Testament, the Greek word is the word pneuma. 
It is where we get the word pneumatic. So your pneumatic instruments are wind instruments. Your pneumatic drills, your pneumatic tools, they are wind instruments. So I went to the great scholar Google this week because I wanted to feel like a man. And I realized, I was like, what are the greatest pneumatic tools out there? As I started reading this list, I started growing more hair on my chest. Listen to some of these things. They have a pneumatic impact wrench. That just sounds awesome. There's a pneumatic air-operated body saw. A body saw. I was like, man, I got to go buy one of those. They got a pneumatic blow gun. That sounds fun. They got an HVLP paint gun. I have no idea what that is. But I'm going to go to Home Depot and find out. I'm like, HVLP paint gun. Pneumatic. There was a pneumatic cutoff grinder, a pneumatic air hammer. I'm like, I already play the air guitar. Might as well get an air hammer. I was thinking, man, they got a DA a Sander. I'm like, I love Dion Sanders. We got a pneumatic, pneumatic ratchet wrench. And I, I'm disappointed to tell you this today, guys. But out of the top 10 tools that are pneumatic, I only own one, and it is the uh, tire inflator. It's an air compressor. And I'll be honest with you, I own it because I don't believe in the technology that was invented in the Stone Ages to pump up bicycle tires. Can you imagine in the 1920s when your great-grandfather was alive, blowing up tires in his garage in bicycles, and someone said, Grandpa, what do you think 100 years from now? they're going to do to fill up bicycle tires. I doubt he would have said, they're, gonna, they're still going to be doing this. Some technology hasn't changed. Can we get an amen? Pneumatic. I have a tire inflator. I had one thing that gave a little bit of an advantage. I was thinking about power tools when I was praying this week. You know what power tools do? They allow you to do a difficult task with ease. They actually allow you to do something that's labor-intensive with less effort. Come on. If you've ever assembled a piece of furniture from Ikea with the tools they provide, your marriage has been on the rocks. Okay? They actually name Ikea furniture after the cuss words in the language of the Swedes. It's a true story. It's my theory. You put Ikea furniture together with power tools. And I'll tell you what power tools do. They allow you to do a difficult job with ease. And I believe that God today wanted me to let you know that it is the Spirit of God that gives us the power tools to build things that we can never build with our own strength. Can I get an amen today? Be very honest. Technically speaking, you can live without a dishwasher. Technically speaking, you don't really have to have a clothes dryer. You don't have to own a refrigerator or even have electricity to survive. Like escalators, elevators, and magic carpets. That's fun to say. Let's say it again. Magic carpets. Some people choose to ignore, avoid, and prefer even to live as though they don't exist. You know those guys? You know the CrossFitters at the airport that disregard the escalator? And instead, they choose the organized hill called the stairs? Show-offs. They're obviously, they're usually the ones that ran a marathon, which I would add, if they couldn't say they ran a marathon, they wouldn't have ran it. 
You get that one later. I was thinking about, you can live without these things. But I'll be honest with you, I don't like doing the dishes in the sink. I don't prefer hanging my clothes out to dry. I'm not interested in a chest full of ice to keep my food cold. And I'm not into lighting candles at night to get around my house. I prefer to live with power. I prefer to live with electricity. And I want you to know that you can get to heaven without the Spirit of God baptizing your soul. But I'll tell you what right now, why would you want to take the stairs when God has provided an elevator? Can I get an amen up in this place? There are some jobs in life that are never possible without the power tools of heaven. And if there was one guy that knows this all too well, John the Baptist. He's the first Baptist ever. John the Baptist. What a job. Can you imagine, what would the pressure be like if your parents raised you and said, hey, John, guess what? Uh, you're a pastor's son, and uh, you were born when your dad and I were living in the senior citizen ward. You turned the senior ward into the maternity ward. You know that, John, you were the answer to a long decades of prayer. Hey, John, did you know, young man, that your dad, he's a pastor, he got the word that you were coming by Gabriel, the same angel that talked to Daniel. Hey, uh, John, did you know that we didn't pick your name? God did. Hey, John, did you know that you got filled with the Holy Spirit when you were in your mama's belly when you encountered the presence of Jesus in your aunt? John! Did you know that Gabriel said that you were going to turn many people to God? Did you know that God said that you were going to be highly favored and great in the sight of God? Hey, John, did you know that your job in life, here it comes, drum roll, is to make the road ready for God to fill the streets of the world? Your job, John, if you choose to accept it, is to prepare the world for God's return. Pretty wild. Who would agree that's a pretty wild job? If I was John the Baptist, I guarantee if I got that kind of uh, conversation, I would not say, you know what I'm going to use to do this? Uh, the tools that my dresser came with from Ikea. I'm not assembling a world that needs roads repaired, bridges built, and holes filled with some sort of effort that my own wrist and screwdriver can muster up. I need a power that exceeds my intellect. I need a brilliance beyond my own brain. I need a zeal beyond my own, beyond my own heart. And I need an ability to orate beyond my own lips. There are some things that only the Spirit of God provides. And I want you to know today that he came as Ruach in the Old Testament, as Numa in the New Testament, and I'd like to clear the record up today. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. He's not a force like Star Wars. He is the third person of the Trinity. Jesus bragged about him. The Trinity is obsessed with each other. It's like the Father's like, it's all about my Son. The Son's like, it's all about the Spirit. The Spirit's like, it's all about Jesus. They're like, you're the best. No, you're the best. You're the best. No, you're the best. People have a hard time understanding the Trinity. They have three different gods. No, 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 no. They're one God made up of three entities. Like a three-leaf clover. 
like I'm a, I am a father, I am a husband, and I am a son. I am one person with three distinct roles. This is the God that we serve. And what I am grieved by today is many people are still living under the dispensation of John's baptism alone. John's chief message was that, yes, you will get baptized. You will change your mind about God. You will change your mind about eternity. You will change your mind about sin. But listen to me. When I'm done, Jesus will come, and he's going to baptize the world with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire. You know what we're missing today? We're missing fire in our churches. You know what drew Moses to God? A burning bush. You know what Elijah called down on Mount Carmel? A burning fire. You know what Malachi prophesied about? A fire. You know what John the Baptist said? One comes after me, they'll baptize you with fire. You know what Jesus said? I came to the earth to bring a fire. So you know Acts chapter 2, the church was born in a wind and with fire. The Holy Spirit is described as wind and as fire. The two most powerful forces in mother nature. And I'll be honest right now, we have people leaving churches because we don't have the fire in the house anymore. We don't have men and women of God that are burning anymore. I'll tell you, if you want the world to show up, someone's got to burn. We have people leaving the bush because it's no longer on fire. What will draw a dark world back in? Fire. You see, fire destroys, it purifies, it warms, it attracts, it repels predators, and it empowers. We need God once again to bring fire to our land. People say, I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. I heard he's kind of, I heard he's kind of strange. Listen to what Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit. He says he's going to come as the parakletos. That is the Greek word for the helper or the comforter. John 14, 26 says when he comes, the comforter, he's going to come. You know what he's going to do? He's going to help you. People don't realize this. The Spirit of God is the part of God that gives you the power to live like Jesus. You know why there's a lot of depressed Christians? Because they're trying to live godly without God. You're trying to do the works of Jesus without the spirit of Jesus. It is maddening. It is frustrating. The great, the great apostasy is because people give up on faith because they try to live with God. They try to live for God without living full of God. You will not live pure without the Holy Spirit. You will not be holy without the Holy Spirit. And by the way, you will not be happy unless you live holy. One preacher say you'll only be as happy as you are holy. That's why Orange County is so empty. You know, we need, oh, I'm sorry, have I offended anybody yet? I'm not trying to offend you. I always just tell people I'd rather smack you with truth than kiss you with lies. We need a county that's desperate for fire. We need the lights to come back on once again. We need, we need a church that has signs, wonders, miracles happening once again. The windows of playing church are over. No longer can we have dead buildings full of dead preachers preaching dead messages. we got to have a living faith. The Bible says the spirit, the, the, the letter kills, but it is the spirit that gives. We need the scriptures, but we need the spirit. And many people are settling just for the message of John before Jesus came. They've been water baptized. They do Bible studies, but they have not been transformed by the power of the spirit of God. 
Listen to me. You will never prepare Orange County, your family, your neighborhood, your nation without the power of the Spirit of God. Can I get an amen up in this place? He is the God that comforts. Here's what I get quiet. He is the God that convicts. People say, well, Mark, religion just tries to change you. It's behavior modification. If, listen, you're, you're wrong. And I'll tell you why you're wrong, politely. You're wrong because I didn't change because someone said, you want to believe in God, you better change. You can't come to this church unless you change. You will never hear that at Ocean's Church. We are not about you performing your way to earn God in your life. Here's what we're going to say to you today. When you encounter the Spirit of God, you're going to fall in love. And when you fall in love, you're going to stop looking at other girls. You're going to stop desiring other guys. You're going to stop, you're going to start lusting for somebody else. I don't miss, I don't lust for the bars I grew up in. I don't lust for strip play. I don't, I don't lust for any of the dark stuff that God pulled me out of. I fell in love. And when you fall in love with the Spirit of God, you know what happens? I start having a desire to say, no, I don't need you anymore. I don't want you anymore. I don't need that anymore. I don't need to cope anymore. I'm in love. It is the Spirit of God that gives us the appetite of Jesus. And many people, they believe in Jesus without his appetite. You know why you don't have the appetite of Jesus? Because you're not filled with the Spirit of Jesus. I tell you today that you will never play like, like Beethoven without the Spirit of Beethoven. You won't paint like, 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 like Michelangelo without the spirit of Michelangelo. And you will certainly not live like Jesus without the spirit of Jesus. He is the God that comforts. He is the God that convicts. Here's the God that actually not only convicts you of sin, he is the God that convinces people of righteousness and judgment. What do you mean righteousness and judgment? Basically, there was a lawsuit against humanity, and the Holy Spirit's the one that reminds us that God won the case for us. He's the one that said, yeah, judgment will come. Everyone will be judged one day, the living and the dead. But the good news is those that believe in Jesus, we will not be judged based upon our sins. Jesus paid for those. We will be rewarded by our obedience. Listen to me. We don't earn our way to heaven, but we are rewarded in eternity by how we live. What you believe determines where you spend eternity. How you follow God determines how you spend it. Are you hearing me still? But here's the deal. Every one of us is born with this innate nature that we know one day we will be judged. Even Tupac knew it. Only God can judge me. People say that all the time. You can't judge me. Only God can judge me. You're right. He will. And everyone knows it. Even atheists know it. They go, well, how do you get to heaven if there is one? Well, you got to do more good deeds than your bad deeds. And God gets like this scale. And if like the good deed side is like heavier, then he's like, yeah, you can come in. This, listen to me, this is the logic that many people are gauging eternity on. It's funny to me, it always shocks me how much effort we put into retirement and how little thought we put into eternity. You don't get there by your good stuff. You get there by Jesus' good stuff. Are you still with me today? So he, he's the one that goes, yeah, when I encounter Jesus, I realize I'm pretty dirty. You feel good about yourself because you're comparing yourself to your lost friends. When you stand next to Jesus, you feel like you're nasty. And you're like, yeah, he's righteous. You know why you felt like that? The Holy Spirit. You know why you felt like that? One day I'm going to be judged, but I'm not scared anymore because the Holy Spirit. So he'll convince you. He'll convict you. But he'll, he'll do more than that. He'll actually, uh, 
He'll communicate to you. Many people have no idea that it is the Spirit of God that begins to communicate with you. Jesus actually said that he'll remind you of what I said. Here's the problem, though. The Holy Spirit only reminds you of the words that you've memorized. You know why some of you don't have anything to say to the world? Because you've never spent time in God's Word. He only, rem- he only reminds you of the scriptures that you know. That's why many of you are prophesying about unicorns and random weird stuff. It's like, no, that's not the Bible. God only warranties his words, not yours. And we have a world that's prophesying this new age garbage. And there's no power in it. And if there is, it's artificial power. I don't need a dark power. That stuff gets defeated. I need a heavenly power. Can I get an amen? Are you still with me? He'll comfort. He'll convict. He'll, he'll convince. He'll, he'll, he'll actually he'll communicate with you. He reminds you what Jesus said. I want you to ponder this. God has nothing more to give to this world. Powerful thought. Why could you say that? Because 2,000 years ago, he gave his son. His son dealt with sin. Shortly after that time period, he gave the world a Bible, a literal manual about who God is and what life is all about. God gave you his son to deal with sin. He gave you his word to, to introduce you to him. And he did more than that. He actually said, I'll give my spirit to anybody that asks. He has provided his word, his son, and his spirit. He has nothing more that he owes you. Can I get an amen up in here today? I'm telling you, man, what good is Chick-fil-A without chicken? What good is In-N-Out without burgers? What good is Taco Bell without tacos? And what good is the church without the spirit of God? We need gathering places that we meet with him again. He alone is the one that lights us on fire. The Bible says we're two or three gathered his name. He is supposed to be in our midst. But why is he not sometimes? Because we have a problem in our land. That we don't just have a prodigal, prodigal land, we have a prodigal church. That's the real problem. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to flood our dry land again. He needs to revive our dead faith and fill our altars once again. We, we, we got air conditioning today, but we don't have prayer conditioning. We need God once again to revitalize our land. We need the fire back in our faith, our churches, our cities, our counties, our state, our nations. Listen to me. Moses was called by fire. Elijah called down fire. Micah prophesied fire. John prophesied about fire. Jesus said fire is coming. And listen to me, the old nature can dodge water baptism, but it will not dodge spirit baptism. Some of you are still dead in your old sins because you've never had an encounter with the power source of life. It is the Spirit of God that blazes bushes on fire, that drew Moses in, and it's still blazing churches that will attract a lost world. It is, it is from the midst of a burning church that the world hears his voice. We got loads of preachers that talk about prophecies, but where are the prophetic preachers? Listen to me, John, he was a pastor's kid. He was an answer to prayer. He was a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. He actually was filled in the womb. He was full of Jesus. He prepared the way for Jesus to fill the earth. He was open-handed with his followers. He used his platform to point people to Jesus. He, he, he said, don't make any mistake about it. Don't mistake prominence with eminence. He was accused of being the Messiah. This guy was the only other human 
to live at this level. They said, if you're not Jesus, who are you? Are you Elijah reincarnated? This guy lived with such fire that the world said, you are doing something that we want to see. We'll leave our cities to go to your deserts. You went to the University of Silence. You wandered in the wilderness. You discovered God in a lost place. You let God break you, and now men are being broken by the power of God. John was the one. He was the one that came after 400 years of silence that boldly said, thus saith the Lord. He has some of the greatest followers of the early church. His fruit, listen to me, after his death, we know that his ministry lived way on beyond his life. The greatest preacher of the early church, Apollos, was a disciple of John. Andrew, who led Peter to the Lord, was a disciple of John. Paul goes into this, the city of Ephesus, and he finds 12 believers that were disciples of John. Everybody knew about the baptism of repentance. You know what he did with his life? Is he prepared the world to receive Jesus. You know why we're supposed to be like John? Because we're supposed to be full of the same spirit. God's heart hasn't changed. His mind hasn't changed. Do you know that he was beheaded? John, God told me this last night. He said, Mark, God gave, John gave his head to turn the mind of the world towards Jesus. Where are those people today? Where are the men and women that are bent, that are broken, that are bowed, that are desperate to see God's love sweep over humanity? Where are those men? Where are those men? He went through a wilderness, which God takes all of his great men and women through. John baptized Jesus. That's an impressive resume. He prepared the way. He prepared the way for the Messiah. He was mistaken as the Messiah. He was accused of being Elijah, the famous prophet. He wasn't a crowd pleaser. He actually, he actually accosted kings. He wasn't scared of men. He promised a baptism of power of the Spirit and of fire. Say with me, he was different. His teaching was different. He didn't teach ceremonies, circumcision, and customs. He taught about a God that changes your mind about eternity. His diet was different. He wasn't a wino. He wasn't a partier. He lived at Whole Foods. His outfit was different. His manner of life was different. Listen to me. He taught his disciples how to fast and pray. His, his followers lived well beyond him. His message was repentance and baptism. Listen to me very closely here. He inaugurated a spiritual movement that had influenced long after he died. And you know what blew me away about this? That's where God brought me to you. Here's how we're going to be like John. Do you know, this is crazy, John never saw a miracle. John never did a miracle. That's what I meant to say. John never prayed for blind eyes. We don't have it recorded. John never prayed for a migraine to be healed, cancer to be healed. He never opened up deaf ears. He never cleansed a leper. He never raised the dead. But you know what he did do? He raised a dead spiritual nation. His preaching revived a dead land. And I believe that today the Spirit of God is looking for people that are filled, that are equipped, that are endued with power from on high. Yeah, you believe it today? We got churches with commotion, but not creation. We have actions, but not unction. We have rattle, but not revival. We are dogmatic, but we are not dynamic. Where is the generation of preachers that are responsible for seeing God raise our land up?
It's not behind pulpits, friends. It's in boardrooms, classrooms, laundry rooms, locker rooms. God is raising up a generation that is full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe it today? Grab a seat, almost done. He's almost here. He's here. He's here. Almost done. I believe that God told me that even last night, he said, Mark, you tell him this, that darkness is glamorized and popularized in America today. We see darkness thrown into our ears on the radio, thrown before our eyes on television, saturating our hearts on social media. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. We know what that looks like. Genesis 6 says, in the days of Noah, the minds and imagination of the hearts were perpetually evil. I don't know if you noticed this, but people without God are always bent on these just dark agendas. Let's kill as many babies as we can. Let's, let's confuse as many people as we can. Let's call bad good, good bad. Let's just say it's science. And I want you to know that without God, we turn in on ourselves. And I'll tell you today that it is the Spirit of God that reawakens right from wrong, light from darkness, eternal from temporary. I believe that today we need more John Wesley's. John Wesley had every door of the English church closed in his face. He had the brain of a scholar. He had the zeal of a zealot. He had, a, he had the mouth of an order. But I'll tell you what changed England. It was the Spirit of God living in him. I believe that today we have men with eschatological great, great resumes, Bible theologians that are literally laughed at in hell. I'm telling you that we need a generation of men and women that demons know their name. We got a bunch of people that know the name of Paul. They know Peter, but they're like, who are you? Where are the men? Where are the women that are feared by hell? I believe that God is raising them up in this hour. We don't just need this anymore. It is the spirit that searches and scorches. I'm telling you that God is raising up a generation that are hungry for the Spirit of God to move once again. I want to be too hot to hold. I want to care more for our church's holiness than I do for our church's happiness. And there is an hour arising that the Holy Spirit begins to wash, to begin to purge, begin to prepare, to begin to fill. And I feel it right now. I want you to write this down and we close. Write this down today. The Holy Spirit is going to come like that water by that tent right there. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit, write this down. Very simple message today. He just said, Mark, tell my people that power comes when they invite me, number one, to fill them. I'm not asking if you know about the Holy Spirit. I'm asking, have you ever been filled? If your answer is, I think so, my answer to you is, no, you haven't. That's kind of rude, Mark. No, it's not. Because if you ask me if I've been on a honeymoon... I will not say I think so. That is a pathetic honeymoon. You've been on a honeymoon? I, th I think so. Pretty sure. No, 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 no. I've been on a honeymoon. It was September 30th. It was 2002. It was, it was awesome. Praise God. You know why? I was there. And I'll tell you what happened those two weeks was so fun, so awesome, so special, so intimate. And I am using the word intimate. I know it makes people feel awkward, but I'm just be honest with you. That's what we're missing in the church today. Where are the people that are intimate with God? I know him intimately. His whispers, I hear his voice. You hear voices? I don't hear voices. I hear a voice. I think I'm hearing his voice. Well, if it contradicts this book, you're not hearing his voice. 
You're hearing a voice, but it's not God's. The Spirit of God never contradicts His written word. So if you want to do something crazy in God's name, that's not God. That's probably the devil. Feel something in here today. All right, here's what we do. We want to be a church that builds the power. Number one, he said this, tell Orange County that I want to fill them full of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So next week, I'm going to talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then after that, we're going to start a new series about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because there's a lot of taboo out there. There's a lot of crazy teaching out there. And we have a toothless church in an hour that we need teeth. We don't need a Christian church that has dentures. We need some lion fangs. Are you hearing me today? So I'm going to talk to you about the gifts of the Spirit. Most preachers are scared of this stuff. They're like, well, Mark, people will leave your church. I would like, dude, if you're offended at the power of God, God bless you. Go find a dead church. I say that in love. As for me, man, I, I have one life to live. I don't have time to play games. I will wake up in eternity, and I want all of God that Jesus died to give us. Anybody else feel like that today? If we're going to do it, let's go all the way in. All the way in. All the way in. Who's all, all the way in? Fill him in here. He said, tell him I'll fill him. And when I fill him, I'll begin to send him. Send him. What do you mean send? Here, exactly, I just, I, I wrote it as he spoke this to me. He said, Mark, Acts 1.8 says that the Spirit of God will fill you and you'll be a witness in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's what he told me. He said, when my Spirit comes upon you, you're going to witness me in San Clemente, software gatherings, sales meetings, service industries, small groups, seminars. He says, you are going to begin to get sent. And there's going to be moments that you feel like God is wanting you to share something. And I want you to open your mouth, because listen to me, He will not open your mouth for you. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He'll only do as much as you'll let Him do. So if you want to be shy and sneaky about Him, you're going to see a shy and a sneaky power in your life. I want bold power. Truth is, He'll never answer the prayers that you don't pray. He's not going to do the miracles that you don't believe for. And he's not going to show up to let you walk on the water if you don't step out of the boat. He is waiting for people to go. Bring them to your work. Bring them to your neighborhood. Bring them to your neighbor's house. Are you hearing me today? He'll go with you if you'll bring him with you. I'll fill you, he said. I'll send you. This is, what I was, this is the last thing I heard. Is he said, Mark, I want to use them to actually, I want to prepare them to prepare the way. Prepare the way. We need power tools. Listen to me. John was the first spirit-filled person to get the earth ready for Jesus physically to walk the streets. But he wasn't the last. Listen, what, this is what God, the last thing he just, I wrote down. The Holy Spirit fills us to prepare the places that Jesus wants to invade. The Holy Spirit will fill you to prepare the places that Jesus wants to invade. Why did he encounter you so strong today at church? Because he actually is desperate for your friends in that board meeting. He is so in love with that, that guy you work with at Starbucks that drives you crazy. And he wants his love to flow out of you this week. He wants to fill you today so he can invade your world with his spirit so that Jesus can show up in a mighty way. 
It is the Holy Spirit that fills us to prepare the places that Jesus wants to invade. And the world was ready to receive Jesus because of the foundation that John had poured by the power of God's Spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us to make the way ready for Jesus to fill the earth. Are you hearing me today? So right now as we close, I'm not going to go deep. I'm going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, and yes, I will talk about the, the, even the language of the Spirit. We're going to go where most churches are scared to go. And I'll tell you why we have churches that are so powerless, because we have preachers that are scared. I would rather have an empty church that has power than a big old building full of dead people worshiping to a dead God. You hear me today? I know it doesn't work like that. We're going to have the power of God, and there's going to be crowds that come for it. They're hungry for a church on fire. So here's where we close today. How many would say, Mark, if God will fill me more, I want more. Very simple prayer. I want all that Jesus died to give me. I will not settle for one ounce less than what Jesus went to the cross, bled on the cross, shouted on the cross to give me. You say, Mark, I want all of God, including his sweet spirit, that I can have. I've been filled before, but I want to be refilled. I've never been filled, but I want to get filled. I want to get baptized not just with water. I want to get baptized with the Spirit. I'm not inviting you to anything strange today that's not biblical. I'm inviting you to have an encounter like everybody in this book had. If that's you today, we're going to go deeper over the next several weeks. But we're going to just introduce God to come into your front door right now. If you would say, Mark, maybe you've been baptized with water. Maybe you haven't. But you'd say, Mark, I would love for the Spirit of God to fill me up all the way. Just lift your hands towards heaven. Just lift your hands right now. The only voice you believe is your own. So I want you to pray it like you mean it today. Say, Holy Spirit, forgive me for grieving you, ignoring you, and living like you don't exist. Today I realize I was wrong. And I want you more than anything else. I want you to make me like Jesus. Give me the appetite, the desires, the love, the passion, the gifts, and the fruit of Jesus Christ. Make me God's light in the world. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me with you. 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 Fill me. Come on, get hungry today. Come on, if you're serious, raise your hands. Close your eyes.
here. He's healing people right now. There's a guy named Stan. You're listening right now. God's healing some sort of neurological issue in your brain. Those, uh, those headaches are going to leave right now. And God's doing it because you didn't know he was real. And he's going to heal your brain right now. He's going to do what the medicine couldn't do. The counseling couldn't do. He's touching your brain right now, Stan. And the reason why he's doing it is he's proven that he's the God that's worthy of your heart. Yes, yeah, Samantha, he's touching you right now. Healing right, right, right now. There's a Liz or Elizabeth in here today. He's healing like, it's like the, the left-hand side of your rib cage, some sort of pain in your rib cage. God is healing it right now. 
there's someone like a like a Woody or a Woodward or something like that that's watching. I hear the word or see the word like Wood or Woodward, Woodwork, something like that. And God right now, He's healing you. Some sort of condition in your throat. You've lost your voice. You know, John the Baptist's dad lost his voice when he doubted the promise of God. And God said that you're no longer going to doubt my promise. And I'm going to give you your voice back. You're a leader, not a follower. You're a pioneer. Raise them up, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yeah, Lord, I pray right now. If you need healing in your body, lift your hands. He's here. He's here. He's here. You need to heal your mind, your back, your soul, your spirit, your doubt. Come on, let him heal you today. He'll heal you everywhere you hurt. If you invite him in, hands up all over that you. Someone's hands up next to you. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Maybe one or two people right now. We're a church that prays. Put your hand on your shoulder right now. We're almost done, but he's here. You can't miss this moment. Power God is here. It's present to heal. He's 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 present. bottom of your feet he's healing he's healing he's healing let's declare this agree together church say in Jesus name we invite the Holy Spirit to fill from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet we invite you to heal sickness infirmity and evict darkness even evil spirit we command in Jesus name darkness you gotta go Sickness, you gotta go. Demons, you gotta go. Quickly, quietly, in Jesus' name. Fill them up right now. Yeah, addictions are being broken right now. Been cutting yourself no more. Been depressed. Come on, no more. That heaviness is lifting right now. It's like a weight is coming off of your chest, and you're gonna be able to breathe again. There's a business guy here. You've been under so much stress that you haven't been able to like, you feel like you have, it's hard to breathe. You've been having panic attacks. And God says today, a new power comes into you. You're not building with that screwdriver anymore, son. I'm giving you a pneumatic drill. You're gonna have my wind, my power, my spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, it is by my spirit. You're gonna build. Who wants to build power? Anybody wanna build power today? Yeah, all right. Last thing we do today, healing people, that's awesome. There's someone here today, uh, you've been walking by yourself, building by yourself, and I'll be honest, you're just tired. You're like, man, I, if God wants to build with me, and if I can build my life with God, and I can live with God, and if you'll hear the cries of my heart, and His ears will be attentive to my voice, if He could guide my life, direct my life, if he could heal me, if he could deliver me, if he could save me, if that's true, preacher, I want that. I'm going to ask you today to respond to this. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hands. I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes. This is a holy moment. And you say, Mark, I'm not living for God. I'm not living with God. I'm certainly not full of his power and his spirit, but I want to. I want everything that Jesus died on the cross to give us. 
If you want to rededicate your life today also, you can respond. Many today, online, you're going to write heart in the room. You're going to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm just going to count your hand. So put it high in the air, please. No one's looking. No one's looking. Eyes closed. I'll give you three seconds. You can begin to raise your hand right now. Lord, I pray for everyone that needs to get right with you, that they would not leave these tents the same way they came. One, give them courage right now not to miss this moment. Two, right now, Holy Spirit. Three, real high, real high, real high, real high, real high. Yeah, yeah, four, five, real high. Six, real high, real high. Anybody else? I see in the back, seven, eight. Anybody else? Anybody else? Love it, love it, love it, love it. Love it, awesome. Eight hands. Oceans. Let's pray this prayer with those eight people today. Online, right heart right now. Even if you're watching this months or years after the original date that this, this aired, I want you to pray this prayer. God doesn't live inside of time. We do. He'll meet you right where you're at today. You can be listening to this 2020, 2028, 2030, 2040. Maybe it's one of my great grandkids listening. Who knows? Pray this prayer. Say this, Jesus, I invite you to fill me with your sweet Holy Spirit. I ask you to lead me, to heal me, and to guide me from this day forward. I'm tired of living without power. Fill me with your breath, your wind, your fire. I want you. My life is yours in Jesus Christ's name. And everybody that prayed that prayer said a good amen. Would you honor him today with a good hand clap? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.